Welcome to the Faith and Science Podcast. My name is Tyler Bublitz, and welcome back to the 14th Sunday after Pentecost for the week of September 6th, 2020, and I'm excited to have you here. I'm excited to dig in this week's podcast, and what happened that we are suddenly now in September. It's just crazy to think about that we're suddenly getting close to this last quarter of the year up in the northern hemisphere here. You're starting to even feel where I am, a little bit of brisk in the air. Occasionally, we still have those summer nights, but we're starting also to get that little bit of a reminder of this too is ending. And it's kind of a cool transitional phase. It's one of those things where, again, with living in the upper northern hemisphere, I really enjoy being able to see the change of seasons. And with how weird this year has been, it feels a little bit different kind of transitioning into this and starting to see how nature is saying, yep, we're getting to that point where we're hunkering down now. And it's just kind of hard because we've all been in this weird place this year and just how do we feel like this has been the right type of transition? But I think it's also that type of transition that maybe it's that we're going through a major rejuvenation. And I think that's a good way of looking at this and just really resetting a lot of things, trying to re-jumpstart our own bodies and really come back to whatever our new normal is rested when we get to that point. But last week when I had the Twitter question, I asked you, if we are a herd of people, how do we make sure that everyone is being heard? And I think this is a question that really has penetrated our whole society, at least here in the United States, big time within the all types of unrest that we've had. And the great response that I got this week was just the simple adage of, you are given two ears and one mouth. And I think so often, especially as an American, and especially as a white male, I often go to speaking faster than I go to listening. And it's amazing to me how often when I look at and think about the people who I really respect and are usually really good speakers are the ones who do a lot of listening before they speak. And I don't know where within our own psyche that we've twisted and contorted that around to this idea of, I need to be able to speak, to be heard. And especially being a white male, I feel like I've maybe done too much talking and not enough listening. And I think it's something that I know the people who I've looked up to in life don't do as much talking. They do a lot of listening and then their words carry more power because there isn't as many of them to be heard. And so I think this is where we're in this interesting position and coming off of that type of thing, we have the highs of Peter from two weeks ago, building the church on, you have the low of last week of get behind me, Satan, and God through Jesus just kind of saying, I have to do this. I need to go this place. I just have to do this and just, you'll understand this more later. And now we move into this week's gospel text and this week's text. And I really think, as you'll find as we go through this, the second reading this week is really the reading that kind of brings this all together, but throws a curveball into the whole mix. And I think it's also the 
reading that's so important to bring all of this together. So let's just jump right into it. The gospel text this week is out of Matthew chapter 18 verses 15 through 20. Here we have this text going through and talking about the church as a whole and talking about how if you are having a disagreement with somebody that initially you take them aside to listen. And if that doesn't work, you bring a couple more other members to essentially act as witnesses aside to try to negotiate this through. And if this still isn't working, then you get this text of looking at them as a Gentile or a tax collector, which would have been a very insulting statement. But then we get one here toward the end one of the most popular verses that we hear a lot in the Christian community for where two or three are gathered in my name, I am there among them. I am there also, depending on your translation. And I think there's two things with this that are really important to think about. First, this coming after we're talking about disagreements. So this whole idea of how God wants to be part of those conversations. God wants to be in our discussions. God wants to be part of our disagreements to help being able to use the Holy Spirit to guide us. And for me, and it's something how, again, since I'm not ordained, but this has been how I've always interpreted this, the reasoning behind two or three in my mind is that you have the physical body and the spiritual body within one person. So you constantly have two people there. And so the third would be then when you're adding in an additional person to have a discussion. So this idea where two or three are gathered in my name, I am among them, I am there also, two being that God is always there. So when we're even wrestling within our own self and having those disagreements with ourselves, God is also in those places and wanting to be there as long as we are willing and able to welcome the Holy Spirit into that situation. So you could argue that in a discussion with yourself, an argument with yourself, you have your physical self, your spiritual self, and the Holy Spirit coming in as the third member. So really interesting that way. The first reading is from Ezekiel chapter 33, verses 7 through 11. This we get this interesting text of talking about how God, when commissioning someone to warn people about things that are going on, that you are called to fulfill something. You are called to live out what God has called you to do. And if you're not doing that, that's on your hands. That's the blood on your hands that, yes, they're still going to perish, but it's on your hands that you did not warn them. So this idea of when we are called to do something and making sure that it is God that is calling us to do this, that then we should do it to the best that we can, especially when it's talking about walking in the spirit. And that it's a hard line to be walking here that we're trying to help our brothers and sisters, but we also have to leave room for us to be able to listen and making sure for both parties that God is being able to decipher what is going on. The alternative first reading is from Exodus chapter 12, verses 1 through 14. 
and to our Jewish brothers and sisters, this is one of the most important texts in their calendar. This is the talking about Passover. So we had Moses being called. Now you have Moses and Aaron going to be talking to the Israelites after they've had all these different plagues. And this is the final plague. And it's Moses and Aaron talking about this is how you prepare this meal and how they have to rub the blood over the head post so that the angel of death will pass over them. So this idea of how we have to continue to listen. And again, this ties into what we just talked about here in Ezekiel. If Moses and Aaron don't tell the Israelites about this, the firstborn is how it's said. The firstborn, both human beings and animals were going to be killed. So we get this, again, the Old Testament God here. But again, the blood on the hands, it ties really well in with that other first reading. The psalm this week is Psalm 119, verses 33 through 40. The psalmist at this point in the psalm, we are seeing this understanding of how I need continued cultivation. I can't do this of being who God is calling to me to be without just trusting God and leaning into that and trying to call upon God to help the psalmist in this case, or help us as we're saying this, to continue to steer us and to become the people who God is wanting us to be, to confirm those promises and being able to become the person that God is calling us to be. And so it's a very powerful text in that realm. The second reading this week, and as I stated, I think one of the more important readings this week, is from Romans chapter 13, verses 8 through 14. So first, we kind of begin this text here as Paul is writing to the Romans of trying to summarize some of the commandments of you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet. And that gets summarized as love your neighbor as yourself. And so in that, that when you are doing that, it compels you to live life in a different way and live life in a way that is honoring God, but also honoring our brothers and sisters around us and that we are stronger together than we are apart, that we're not just... We're coming into, as you know, as you're looking at the other texts, we're coming into disagreements in this place of love and that we care about each other and trying to get to the root of what is actually going on and being able to discuss and get through it instead of just bickering to bicker's sake. And so that's where, for me, this is why this is such an important text this week, because it takes what is talked about in Matthew, it takes what is talked about in these other passages and puts it that the way you're able to have these types of discussions is through looking at and reflecting on this idea of loving your neighbor. But before we jump into how faith and science come together this week, we have to do our shameless plug for 
Working Preacher. If you haven't checked out Working Preacher, I'd highly recommend it. Between their Sermon Brainwaves podcast, their commentaries, discussions, as I've already said, I'm not an ordained minister, and I use them on a weekly basis to be able to give me direction. Being able to listen to four different seminary professors in Working Preacher's podcast, along with having multiple years of commentaries on these different passages to be able to give me some reflection and ideas and ways to be able to steer this, along with the multiple other types of discussions that are on on that website, I'd highly recommend checking out workingpreacher.org if you have not done that yet. Whew, this is a doozy this week, and this is not an easy text to decipher. But when you're trying to take these texts, and as I've kind of even broken down and just describing these texts, I think this week is actually a really good week to look at this from a scientific context. Because there are two distinct ways in these texts that I think the scientific community in one and how we look at other different natural interactions help describe what we are hearing here in these texts and help us better understand how do we walk this out. So we'll first start with the scientific community. We've talked about before in the past on how scientific papers are kind of broken down and you have your abstract, which is kind of doing a quick summary of what's going on. You have your introduction, which is kind of introducing all these different types of studies and what's all happened before and kind of going through and why are you even kind of running this experiment. You get into your methods and your methodology and what are you all doing and how you're doing this. And then you have your description, which then kind of gets into how did the test run and you're getting into your results. And then you have this discussion section. And the discussion section is one of the most interesting sections of a scientific paper. And the reason that is, is because yes, you're going through and trying to do interpretation of your results, but part of the scientific community, a part of being good scientists is having doubt. Part of being a good scientist is opening up that door and saying, these are things that I could have done better. These are things that are still of questions about. These are things that could maybe still be looked at. And it gets and that gets into your conclusion as well. As you're concluding this, that yes, we saw this, but there's still these other questions. And hence why you have peer-reviewed journals are the ideas of them running through these experiments again and being able to say, yeah, this seems to check out or no, we were not able to duplicate these results. And part of science and part of how I was even trained as a scientist was leaving room for doubt, leaving room to have discussions, leaving room that you're not speaking in absolutes, that you're speaking in this way to allow for discussion, allow for someone to come up to you and ask, why did you interpret it this way? Why did you do this instead of this? That to me is a lot of what we're hearing in this Matthew text of when we're having these discussions that can rise to an argument, but it's leaving that door open to admit that I am not holier than thou. I am not perfect. And no matter how I run a test, I can't do a perfect test every single time. There are going to be times when there are errors and then I better be able to, if I'm drawing conclusions, be able to 
give some support, some reasonable reasoning on why I did the things that I did. Because if I can't, then it's not good science. And that's one of the things to me that's really powerful within the scientific community. And when we're looking at this, then bringing it into a church community, sometimes we need to humble our own selves to be able to listen and understand where this other person is coming from, to be able to have discussions, to work through these different issues. That's coming from a place of love. That's coming from a place that allows for discussion and allows for disagreements to get to a point where you can agree to disagree and still look each other in the face and love each other and say that, yeah, we can agree that we need to run more tests to better understand this. The second way that I see this kind of ties into a little bit what we talked about last week, herds or groups of animals. Let's take bison, for instance. Bison all come together and graze together. And if you want to look at it, if they graze by themselves, technically they would have more, but they realize they are stronger together. They can protect their young better where they'll put the young in the middle and and all the adults will be around them to protect them from different predators that can possibly be around, such as a mountain lion or something of that nature. But you also have infighting, especially during breeding season, where you're figuring out who are the dominant males. And just because you lose doesn't mean you walk away from the group. Maybe you find a group of you who decide to go off and do your own thing, but a lot of times they still will stay with the group and yeah, I lost today and that's okay because I'm stronger together with these people. It's just like a wolf pack is another great example of this. Wolf packs, yes, you have your alpha, but there's still other wolves they'll stick around and wolves depend on packs. Even if you're the alpha wolf and maybe you get to be one of the first ones fed, You know that you cannot take on a moose, a bison by yourself. You need to have other wolves with you to help surround and be able to navigate a herd, to be able to pick out the weakest animal, to be able to isolate an animal, and to be able so that you're overwhelming an animal together that you just can't do by yourself. How I am looking at these texts is it's the understanding that we have to be united together. And that means if we're united together, we have to be able to listen. We have to be able to admit we're wrong. We have to be able to admit that we need each other. We can't just sit there and argue back and forth about all these different issues. Because if that's the case, science wouldn't work. Science is at times admitting, and we have multiple histories, and we've talked about even on this podcast multiple times, even go back to the beginning of this pandemic and how we talked about how we had semi-wise talking to us about hand washing, and the whole scientific community wasn't about it, and it's after he passes away, and as we get into germ theory that, oh crap, he was right. You had to have the whole scientific community, for the most part, admitting that they were wrong because their pride got in the way that, yeah, maybe it's not super manly to have blood on our hands and aprons when we're going into the birthing room. We have to be able to humble ourselves. And in humbling ourselves, it opens ourselves up to listen. But to be able to even do that, you have to be in a loving state. 
that's coming from the point of being talked to. But if you think about you're the one who has been told that you're wrong, that's where the Ezekiel text comes in so powerfully. That you are called still to step up when you are seeing something or you are being told something. You have to be willing and able to step up because yes, that blood is on your hands, but you have to do it in a loving manner so that it doesn't fall on deaf ears. You see, both sides have to be loving. It's why you have scientific papers that go through peer reviewing. And if they show back and say, you didn't do this right, and we can't publish this, you can't take it personally. You have to look at it. You can talk back and forth, maybe disagree, but you have to also realize there's a point where maybe you're wrong and that you have to do it again. Because we need to have in science some type of consistency, some type of way where we can make sure that this is repeatable, some type of thing so that we can have solid discussions to help better understand the world in which we're in, this environment in which we're in. And I would argue to better understand what God has gifted us with. But if we're so stubborn to just point fingers and yell at each other and refuse to listen, nothing gets accomplished. Nothing happens. You see, for Ezekiel, in the Ezekiel text, to be able to talk to somebody about something being wrong, yes, it takes courage, but it also takes love. Because if you don't love them, why would I tell them? And that's where Romans is talking about there are going to be things that, yes, you have to handle yourself in a different way. And that means that you need to be able to humble yourself. You need to be able to deal with things that are difficult. You need to be able to listen. But it also means that at times that you're going to need to be courageous also. That's where the psalm comes in, talking about how we need to continue to turn to God to better understand where he is trying to steer us. Turn us to understand and try to put down our natural guards that we have in ourselves because our pride gets in the way. Speaking of pride getting in the way, let's for one moment look back at again at that Exodus text and think about this not coming from Moses and Aaron telling the Israelites this. Let's come from the Israelite side. They've been seeing all these plagues. They've been seeing all this crazy stuff and the Pharaoh says he's going to let them go and then he doesn't. Then the Pharaoh says he's going to let them go and he doesn't. And when they come to this, do you think there was some of them that doubted? Do you think some of them was like, really, I got to go and kill lambs and I got to be dressed up like this and I got to rub blood over the doorposts and really? And this is going to get me out of Egypt, out of slavery. Really? Think about how all of them have to come together and have to love each other and be like, what's the harm in this? What about if this was their last lamb? What if they didn't have a ton of sheep and they were having to share? Or the family is struggling to get by and they're being told that the extra meat they have to burn. Really? There has to be a love there to trust what these prophets are telling them at this time. A love to receive and open up and to let God be in the space and recognize that God is speaking through them humbling themselves enough to be able to say, what's the harm in trying this? Because if this works, this is huge. This is life-changing for us. How often are we actually welcoming the Father into these discussions, these difficult places in which we are at, whether within the church or outside the church? 
How often are we actually willing and able to listen to our brothers and sisters who differ from us? How often are we actually listening? These are important things to be considering because this is a text that's calling us to listen. Yes, to step up at times and to strengthen those who don't speak. Strengthen and empower the people who have been overlooked, but also to the ones who keep talking that we have to listen. Progress doesn't happen without listening because if we keep trying to talk over each other, nothing gets done. It's a hard reality of life. The Twitter question this week will be really applied to what's going on right now. And the Twitter question will be, is during this pandemic, how much have you listened to people? And when I'm saying listen to people, I mean not just listening to people you agree with. I mean listening to variety of people. Ones you agree with and ones you disagree with. Part two, during this pandemic, have you listened for what God has to say? I know for me, there has definitely been times I've tried listening to sides. I definitely have sides, and I love talking about them. And there are certain things where, yes, I feel like I have tried listening and heard more what God has to say, and there are other times I know I turn the other way. Or I try speaking over God because there's I got something greater to say, and it's not very loving of me. And that's the beauty of what the psalmist has to say this week. If we are going to have this heart, have this heart of what God is wanting us to be, to teach the statutes and observe them to the end, to give understanding of your law and observe it with my whole heart, to lead me in the path of your commandments and delight in them, to turn my heart to your decrees, not my selfish gain, to turn my eyes from looking at vanities and give me life in your ways. Confirm to your servant your promise, which is for those who fear you. Turn away the disgrace that I dread, for your obediences are good. So I have longed for your precepts in your righteousness. Give me life. That's the point. That's the point of what we're trying to do. That's the point of why a herd sticks together. The life comes from being together. Life comes from being together with God, but the life comes from being in community together with God. That's why the 20th verse out of Matthew 18 is so important because God wants to be there with us. In those disagreements, in those tough times, God wants to be there because he wants to give some insight because he cares. Brothers and sisters, As we look around in a world where there's lots of bickering back and forth, no matter which side you're on, make sure that the love that God has shown you is showing through you. Because if we are just criticizing and shooting down and not listening and not loving, I think the texts this week show that we are not in the right and that God then is begging to be part of this conversation, but we have to be willing and able to shut our mouths and listen and let the Holy Spirit speak.
Because if we're going to make any progress, whether in science or raising young as bison or being able to actually provide for a pack of wolves, we have to work together. And that means we need to listen and work together through the differences, but still love has to be coming through all of us. So we'll wrap this up as we always do. I pray God blesses you through your faith and amazes you through science. <laughs>